Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. You know, as we're preparing for this, uh, I've been seeking the Lord through this time, just going, God, um, there's so much happening in our world today. Mm. There's just so much going on. People are, are so fearful. Yeah. Uh, they're looking for security. They're looking for safety. Um, and uh, there was a, a post on Facebook about uh, uh, the, the Bible aisle at Walmart. <laughs> okay. And it was as empty as the toilet paper aisle. Wow. I mean, on. they had literally wiped out <laughs> the Bible aisle at Walmart because wow. people are looking for an answer right now. They are just like, God, we, we recognize, people in their need yeah. recognize, I need God. Absolutely. You know, what they do after this, the, the situations between them and God, but yeah. during the trying, yeah. uh, people reach out and call upon and look for answers. And uh, I believe that Vic and I today, as we share with you, that we're going to provide you with some answers and some encouragement. Absolutely. So... Uh, do you have something that you'd like to... Sure, I'll dive right in. Um, I've been hearing uh, lately, apparently, uh, that has been going on. I thought it was just revealed to me, of course. <laughs> but no, uh, when God speaks to people, God speaks to all of His people. And I was really just encouraged, actually, reassured by my wife, um, reassured me this morning, saying, look, actually, no, this has been actually been spoken about. And uh, it's about the story of Esther, and I want to dive right in, and I've typed it up so I don't have to flip back through the pages. Um, but what I wanted to talk about for such time as this. Uh, so Esther chapter 4, uh, starting with verse 9, and um, uh, with verse 9. So Hathak went back and reported to Esther what uh, Mordecai said. Then he instructed him to say... To Mordecai, all the king's officials and people of the royal provinces now uh, know what for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has put that into law, that they would be put to death. So this is already Esther telling that, passing down the message. Uh, pretty serious thing, right? Talking about there's a lot of talk of death nowadays. Unless the king extends the gold uh, scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I have called to go to the king. So this is Esther passing down the message. And verse 12, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think, do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all Jews will escape. Verse 14, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go gather together all the Jews who are in the Susa and fast for me. So as a lot of people are also engaged nowadays to fasting as well worldwide, do not eat or drink for three days night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though 
it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Love that. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of the Esther's instructions. So we see the story of Esther. She is now, you know, in the in the king's place, and you know, she's in a comfortable position. And this is the interesting thing that I wanted to focus on when Mordecai said, and who knows, and who knows, but what you have come to your royal position for such time as this. So for such time as this, and I've seen this on many t-shirts, on mugs, you know, it's such a trendy thing when somebody says, for such time as this. And it's a phrase that's been tossed around a lot. But when I dove into, you know, more deeply, and I've, I've searched a little bit online as well, his phrase actually refers to Esther being scolded for self-indulging or self-preserving mindset. Um, you know, pretty much Mordecai reported Esther for living large, you know, um, reproved Esther for living large and embracing royalty or righteousness. Um, wow. Yeah, so though these uh, telling words, you know, he reminded her that she, you know, she's been chosen uh, for such time as this, but you have to let go of that comfort zone, pretty much let go of the fear, and yes, fear um, and ambitions. And I thought, wow, this is a perfect description of Esther, you know, Esther resembling the body of Christ, really. Um, and we have an opportunity right now in the midst of this fear and this darkness, you know, and Esther here is worried that her people are going to be wiped out pretty much. And Mordecai, her uncle, is a representation of God speaking to his church saying right now, you have an opportunity to do something. And like never before, I think we have an opportunity now. Somebody will say, well, you know, this is a bad time for church. You're not getting any people inside the church. Well, actually, I think it's the best time for church because... What are people doing nowadays? They're sitting on their cellular devices, just scrolling, and all they hear is news and all this, more deaths, and this happened, and virus, virus this, COVID-19, coronavirus, and it just keeps going on and on. And so, but I believe this is the time for, you know, for us to face the enemy head full on, as pretty much the Lord is telling Esther, like, this is your time to do this, you know, go big, church. So this is an opportunity for us to move forward. And we talked uh, at the beginning of the year, and our theme for the church has been to move family forward. Our church is moving forward, looking in the direction where God has placed us. We're not looking bad. So some might say, you know, it's difficult. But, you know, we are. We are people of faith. We are, we're no longer slaves of fear, as we were just saying, right? We're children of God. And we as a church today, you know, royal priesthood, because that's what Esther was, right? Uh, royal priesthood. And God is giving an opportunity not to shield ourselves, you know. Because I've noticed a lot of people are like, even, you know, people of faith, uh, I've noticed that are like, oh, oh no, this is happening. Oh no, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And God is saying, hey, don't be afraid. So, and I want to, that speaks directly right in First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession. I love that. We are God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into wonderful light. We can all agree that this is the time where, it's time of darkness really, but this is the time for us to shine. We are royal priesthood. So I keep resembling that Esther's you know, situation. We are Esther in that time, but for our time. 
So this is our time to act as we church, and that's what I really wanted to share that with my heart. In my heart, uh, we are at war with the enemy. You know, not the enemy of this world. You know, not with the physical enemy, but with the enemy that's deceiving everybody. And his whole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And but we have overcome the world. Amen. So I love that verse, uh, Revelation. Chapter 12, verse 11, uh, out of New Living Translation. It has a little bit better description. I love it. But, and it says, And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. Their testimony. Our story. This is our time to shine. This is how we overcome. This is how we fight our battles. Amen? And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. <laughs> Perfect in line with that. They were not afraid to die. And this is, and I love that, it really reminds me of that scripture, right? Esther says right there, it says, and if I perish, I perish. You know, what do I got to lose? I'm going big. And for me, you know, also Philippians 1.21 says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So in other words, fear has no hold of me. And we as believers, we got nothing to be afraid of because we're people of faith. God knows how every story ends. He knows in advance. You look at any story through the Bible. Look at even nowadays in our lives. We can track back to, you know, when stock market crashed last time and what happened. And people were in fear, panicking as well. Or let's just go back a little bit. Not long ago, right? In Alaska, we had an earthquake. It was a pretty severe earthquake. But people were panicking after that. They went panicking. They went shopping again. Uh, they weren't buying as much toilet paper from what I understand last time. But you know what? People were panicking. And we've said that before and I've said that before. You know, panic is pandemic. But we're not afraid anymore. Just like, you know, Kevin said in, uh, what's the movie I'm looking at? And uh, Home Alone, right? I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> when, we have, when we have faith, we have no fear. There's no room for fear. Because that's what happens. You know, that faith, it presses out the fear outside. And so, like I said, I want to leave that with your heart. You know, this is, Esther did something about it. She went and she said, you know what? I have, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to go and use this opportunity to share the gospel. As Pastor said in the beginning, right? The Bibles are being gone from the shelves. Praise God for that. That's so encouraging. People are hungry. So this is your time not to be afraid. This is your time to actually go and speak to people. You'll be surprised how people react. And they'll be like, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think this is the time I understand we can't interact closely. People are sitting at home. But you have your device. We have this technology nowadays that if we go live ourselves, I'm surprised at how many friends you have. And all of a sudden you just see people pop up, you know, who's watching. You know, as you many of you are watching right now, we have that technology. Who knows how many people are going to be scrolling by and the next thing you know, somebody likes it. And then their friends see it and their other friends see it. And it's viral. We're talking about viral faith in the midst of yeah. virus. Come on, like amen. <laughs> love it, Pastor. What do you, What do you want to share? I'd love to hear. That was good. I, I I don't know if I can even follow that up, but uh, you know I I've been praying. You know, as God's been speaking to me, He spoke to me this week about the fear mm. and the uncertainty um, that's uh, in the air. Mm -hmm. And I think of a song from my generation, a song of the 60s, that basically became an anthem 
for so many people at our generation and says, uh, you know, there's something happening here. What it is, is not exactly clear. And then it goes on to say, paranoia strikes deep into your life, it will creep. Wow. It starts when you're always afraid. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. How much fear is in the atmosphere and where does fear come from? Fear is the opposite of love. God's yeah. love, it says, cast out all fear. Amen. However, that does not mean that we're not touched by fear. Yeah. I have found myself, you know, everything you see is, is uh, this, uh, this particular thing, that particular thing, I believe like, uh, oh, you know. I've done that. You know, <laughs> I've done that myself. But, uh, Guilty. <laughs> for sure. So there's so much fear uh, and, and uncertainty in the air. People are looking for security yeah. and they're looking for safety. Yeah. Um, with this in mind, uh, I want to share this morning with you one of my core convictions. Uh, this is something that's was placed in me early on as, as a believer. Mm -hmm. it, it got imparted to me. I've carried it with me throughout my walk wow. with God. And that is, God is a master strategist. Oh, so good. And he strategically positions us, his children, to be in the right place at the right time mm -hmm. for what he wants to accomplish. So good, so true. Uh, I want to read a story. It's found in 2 Samuel. <clears throat> I'm reading out of the New International Version this morning. Mm -hmm. Or a uh, new, new Living Translation. 2 uh, Samuel, what chapter? In the 2 Samuel, uh, chapter 23. Mm -hmm. Uh... The title of the, the chapter is David's Last Words. And I think it's so important when you think of men who have lived for God, yeah. their last words are so vital. <laughs> their last words are so important. I mean, they're, they're like the summation of, their, of all their experience and all their faith and all their trials all bunched together into, I'm gonna give you my last words. And in his last words, he talks about his mighty warriors. His last words are, I want to talk about these men of God and these women of God. I want to talk about the mighty warriors that God placed around me and placed in my life. And I've read this through many times over the uh, years and have come across this one particular portion. And, uh, you know, I read it and I go, hey, that's pretty cool. That guy was like, wow, you know, but I've been looking at it under the, the, the eyes uh, of what we're experiencing now. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing it a little bro more broadly. Yeah. And in verse 20, uh, as he talks about his 30 mighty men, mm -hmm. in verse 20, talk, he talks about this guy. He says, there was also Benai, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Wow. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion <laughs> down into a pit and killed it. Wow. That's a, that's a hard thing to do. Once armed with a club, a stick, if you will, a club, it says, 
he killed a great Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear. I looked this up, that great Egyptian warrior who figured was about seven and a half feet tall. Wow. And his spear was adequate to his, his size. Yeah. I mean, he was um, not just a slacker, mm. you know. He, he, he wasn't some dude with just a spear trying to show off. Yeah. You know, he wasn't a poser. I mean, he was a bad guy. <laughs> Says he was armed with a club. He wrenched the spear from his hand wow. and he killed him with it. Deeds like these made Benayah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. Wow. He was more honored than the other members of the 30, though he was not one of the three. And David made him captain of his bodyguard. Now, as we think about this, I do not think that Benayah, at the time he was dealing with these circumstances in his life, was thinking he was padding, you know, his position yeah. of recognition with David. He found himself in a circumstance. He found himself in a situation, you know. Um, if we look more closely at this, uh, I think you can see there was a destiny on ben Ayah's life. Yeah. And you can see that destiny begin to unfold mm -hmm. by just the things he encountered in life. Uh, and he ran into them. Now, I don't know about you, but chasing a lion on a snowy day into a pit isn't my idea of a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in fact, I don't know what was in Benayah's mind. Yeah. He, he probably found himself in that pit suddenly thinking, I don't think this was such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> but he dealt with the circumstances mm -hmm. because he was a man of destiny. Yeah. Says he killed that lion. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm thinking... I'm out somewhere, I see a lion. It's out of the corner of my eye. This corner of the eye is looking for a tree that I can climb. Absolutely. I'm looking. I can't outrun this thing. It runs 35 miles an hour and can jump 30 feet. Wow. You know, I, I, I gotta, I'm going to stay in the Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no kidding. This guy chased it into a pit wow. and killed it. Fearless. What does that say to us? I say, a sense of destiny is the birthright of you as a follower of Christ. When you begin to follow Christ, a sense of destiny comes upon your life. And you know the things that you face. God has a plan for those things. God has a desire to bring about His purposes, His plan through you. I don't think Ben Ayal understood the implications of how God was preparing him to become the head of King David's security force. Yeah. He was just simply dealing with the circumstances at hand. Wow. And because he had a sense of destiny in yes. his life, he acted in those things. Hallelujah. He did not run from them. He acted.
If we look at these things about Ben-Ai's life, he was in the right place at the right time. But if you actually consider the scene, you'd think he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, how many times in your life have you had things that you said, I don't think this was such a good idea. I, I, don't, think, I don't think I thought this through. You know, it doesn't seem like the right place at the right time. Yet God, in his way, will use it Amen. in such a, a wonderful way. And what here's the catch with, with that. The right place often seems like the wrong place. Yeah. And the right time often seems like the wrong time. The time we're in right now, what's happening across the face of the earth, we're like, I'm not so sure about this. Yet we're here. This is our time. God has positioned us here for such a time as this. Amen. So much about positioning. There's a a scripture. God's ways are higher than ours and his thoughts greater than ours. In in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Amazing. Then Aon defied the odds. I mean, he just did. The two more champions, the odds are against him. A seven and a half foot Egyptian champion. The odds were against him. A lion in a pit. I can think of a lion out in the open. Yeah. You both got a chance to get away. When you're in a pit, one of you's not getting away. I cannot think <laughs> of a lion that one wants to, uh, you know, has nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, I think of a time growing up. Uh, I was a young, uh, you know, young guy, 20, 19, mm-hmm. uh, in Southern California. We'd heard about a free concert. We're going to go to this free concert. And uh, the police had all the intersections blocked. So you couldn't get into this concert. I guess it was already overwhelmed with people. But we saw these people jump in this fence. Now it's dark. It's nighttime. And uh, we, we thought, well, they must know the way. Yeah. They, they must know the way to this concert. They, they know a shortcut. So we, we climbed this fence. It's got barbed wire at the top. But we're young. We're wiring. We climb this, we jump in, and it's pitch dark now. It's, it's dark. I mean dark, dark. And we're walking along. We're having a great time. We're young. We're invincible. We're laughing. We're carrying on. And we see this set of headlights weaving in and out and around. And we're like, what's that all about? And it gets right up to us. And we see that it's a white van with these black zebra stripes on it. And this guy sticks his head out of the window and says, Get in the van, you idiots. You are in Lion Country Safari. <laughs> and we were about to become lion food. Oh, I tell you, I was not acting like Ben Ayat. Yeah. <laughs> I was in that van. In fact, the van was so packed with people yeah. that there wasn't room for me. So yeah. I was standing on the edge of it. Back then they had rain gutters, and I had a death grip on that rain gutter. I was getting out of there. 
But uh, you think about that, and I, I was like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? God has allowed me to use that in my life. We make decisions in life, and we think, how can this ever glorify God? But God is going to use them. Wow. Your testimony, Amen. your experiences, the things you did not know, the things that you even said, I don't know that was a good idea. Amen. How did I find myself in this situation? He's going to use it Amen. for your good. Wow. And uh, then I, uh, he defied the odds. He didn't focus on his disadvantages in the situations. He didn't make excuses. He didn't try to avoid the situation where the odds were against him. And people who have a sense of destiny know God is bigger and more powerful than any problem they face in this world. Come on. Amen. They thrive in the toughest circumstances because they know the impossible odds set the stage for amazing miracles. That is how God reveals his glory. Wow. And how he blesses you in ways you never could have imagined. I want to finish up with this thought. I think there's a pattern that I've noticed in Scripture, that I see in Scripture, is that sometimes God wants to intervene until something is humanly impossible. I believe we're in a situation throughout our earth that seems humanly impossible. Maybe that is why God sometimes invites us to defy impossible odds. Maybe it's when uh, it is... One way he can show his omnipotence. Maybe God allows the odds to be stacked against us so he can reveal more of his glory. I'm going to finish up with in the book of Luke in chapter 21, verses 12 and 13, basically 13b. It talks, Jesus is talking about a lot of these things that are coming upon the earth. Mm-hmm. Calamities, wars, earthquakes, wow. pestilence, troubled times, difficult times. Mm-hmm. And in, in verse 13, he says, they're going to persecute you. And you will find yourself standing before kings and, and magistrates and different people. And I love the way the New Living Translation says it. Many of it says this will be your opportunity. Or many say this is a time for your testimony and testimony yes. support. But New Living Translation says, this is your opportunity. Yes. Amen. Brothers and sisters, this is our opportunity. Oh, that's right. It's not our time for fear to come upon yes. us. This is a time, he says, look up and know your redemption is near. Amen. And this is your opportunity. God is going to move where things are humanly impossible in very miraculous ways. Yes. And uh, I want us to find, as followers of Jesus, as people who understand there's a destiny on our life, this is our time of opportunity, a time of opportunity to, to reach out to those that don't have, to reach out to those who are in fear, to reach out to to those who do not know Jesus to show that we do and we do not fear what happens in this life I don't want to be foolish I want to 
uh, do everything I can to stop this virus. But at the same time, the odds are not against us. That's right. Because God is for us. Yes. And if yeah. God is for us, who can be against us? And I'll just leave that with us this morning. It's amazing. So may the Lord bless you. We just want to thank you for joining us. And may the Lord keep you safe. And we're looking forward to seeing you soon. Please don't be afraid to share that video. And just tell others about it. And just you can comment below if you have any needs or anything directly message to us. We're looking forward to seeing you soon. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.